0: Support for Kansas City today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu/slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five, slow, fast food lines, simply not enough staff. Grandma's office catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujiya-Dean. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd. Coming up, as a new set of African-American leaders takes office in Wyandotte County, the winds of change are blowing.
2: There has been a wave that has awakened people that traditionally have not really engaged
3: with the voting process.
1: Can new public servants at the top of the unified government turn around the county's reputation? Plus, Kansas economic development officials say they're close to landing a big deal.
0: Kansas is one of two finalists for what would be the largest economic development project in our history.
1: To get it, officials say they need lawmakers to approve tax breaks that go beyond what the state usually offers to a company that remains a mystery to the public. But first, some headlines. The Omicron surge appears to have already peaked in Kansas City, but new COVID-19 cases remain extremely high. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. More than
2: 2,100 new COVID cases were reported in the metro area on Tuesday, an update that includes many cases that went unreported over the weekend. That's a drop from two weeks ago when more than 3,300 cases were being reported per day. But daily case counts are still much higher than during earlier COVID peaks. New cases across Missouri are down 20% from two weeks ago to an average of nearly 7,800 per day.
1: Kansas City has opened its downtown parking garages for use during this week's snowstorm. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports parking will be free.
0: City officials are asking people to stay off the roads as much as possible in the coming days to allow plows to more efficiently move snow off the roadways and avoid burying cars. To help get cars off the streets, Kansas City Manager Brian Platt says the city opened its downtown garages on Tuesday afternoon and will keep them free until 3 p.m. Thursday.
1: A Missouri school is among the historically black colleges and universities that received bomb threats this week. KCUR's Luke Martin has more.
2: Harris-Stowe University was among those HBCUs that received a bomb threat on Tuesday. Officials there closed the St. Louis campus. Lincoln University in Jefferson City has not received any threats, and Lincoln Police Chief Gary Hill says the school has not taken precautionary measures. We've put out a
1: message to our students in the surrounding area. We ask that you be vigilant, report any suspicious items uh, to Lincoln University
0: Police Department or 911.
2: Hill says threats against the school have become more frequent in recent years. At least 13 HBCUs have received bomb threats this week, the beginning of Black History Month.
1: Missouri Governor Mike Parson has appointed a temporary acting director of the state's Department of Health and Senior Services. Richard Moore will lead the agency after the Missouri Senate refused to confirm previous director Don Caroff due to concerns that Caroff might support abortion and mask and vaccine mandates. Caroff and Parson have denied those allegations. Republican Senator Mike Moon said on the Senate floor yesterday that he'd received messages from Missourians concerned about those issues regardless. Here's Moon, on the Senate floor.
0: Now, I admit, some of the statements made by some of these folks were off base. I don't think they were all off base.
1: In a statement yesterday evening, Parson said the Senate's refusal to confirm Kerov was, quote, disgraceful, unquestionably wrong, and an embarrassment to this state. He also said senators' actions were, quote, not what it means to be conservative. Several key positions in the unified government of Wyandotte County and Kansas City, Kansas are filled by African Americans for the first time. It's a historic moment for the state's most diverse county. But can the new leaders turn around a long history of cover-ups and corruption? KCUR's Luke Martin reports.
0: Wow, I guess I I don't need to say anything right. Oh
3: my goodness.
2: Before swearing in as mayor in December, Tyrone Garner was a KCK police for 32 years, but he doesn't belong to the old guard that has dominated Wyandotte County's unified government for years. Like many candidates before him, Garner promised a change. I see a new energy
0: in people really caring about Wyandotte County, wanting better for Wyandotte County, wanting better for themselves, their families and their neighbors.
2: Daniel Serta sees that energy too. The city planner has been immersed in the county's community and political scene for two decades. In recent years, he says frustrations have mounted.
0: Well, I think the most consistent theme that I've heard for at least the last 10 years is that people's patience was wearing thin.
2: High taxes, little development in the county's most segregated areas, and a lack of responsiveness and accountability have persisted, says Cerda, who works for the Local Initiatives Support Coalition of Greater Kansas City. There's also a grand jury investigation hanging over the police department, looking into a former detective accused of exploiting and raping African-American women. I would like to now present to you
0: our new interim unified government of Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas, Administrator. Ms. Cheryl Harrison-Lee.
2: With that appointment this month, African-Americans fill five key roles for the first time. Mayor, police chief, district attorney, county administrator, and general manager of the Board of Public Utilities. It's not quite a new era, Serta says, because change at the top doesn't always percolate down. For district attorney Mark Dupree, the election of new leaders is about more than just race. Young people, newcomers to the county, and many folks who've been there a while have lost patience. There has been a wave that has awakened people that traditionally have not really engaged with the voting process. Dupree was the first black district attorney elected in the state of Kansas. Dot, I believe, voted in change, and they're expecting change, not just for uh,
3: white people or black people or brown people, but for all dots.
2: Just this week, Garner created seven committees to address the most dire problems. One committee will review the county's charter document with an eye toward reform. And there's been movement on the safe and welcoming Wyandotte plan, which would create a municipal photo ID and bar local authorities from coordinating with immigration and customs enforcement. Marcus Wynn is a community organizer at Moore Squared, a faith and social justice organization. Tyrone Garner said during his campaign for mayor that he believed that there was the need for a Department of Justice investigation of KCKPD. We have been calling for that investigation to occur for years. But there have been discouraging signs, too, like the $800,000 retiring administrator Doug Bach got in his separation agreement with the county. Others question the $85,000 SUV taxpayers purchased for the mayor's official use. But new interim county admin Harrison Lee says the people filling those roles will ultimately be judged by how they do their jobs, not because they broke a racial barrier.
1: It's not enough to be the first. It is important to operate with excellence, and it is important to make sure that I approach it with a high level of transparency and integrity.
2: While she's got the job, Harrison Lee will have a huge influence on people's day-to-day as the unified government's top manager for operations.
1: There is such a desire to move Wyandotte County forward that it's going to be important to manage expectations.
2: That could be a hard pill to swallow for Wyandotte County residents looking for a swift end to years of neglect. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Luke Martin.
1: Kansas lawmakers will vote this week on a proposal to dramatically increase the tax breaks and other subsidies used to recruit big companies. Democratic Governor Laura Kelly says Kansas needs the beefed-up incentives to stay in the running for a $4 billion manufacturing plant. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service reports some lawmakers are skeptical about changing the rules for an unknown company.
3: David Toland is leading the recruitment effort. He's both lieutenant governor and the state's commerce secretary. Kansas, he says, is one of two finalists for what could be the state's biggest ever business recruitment win. It's a $4
0: billion investment in a three million square foot advanced manufacturing facility that would employ 4,000 people.
3: Many of the company's suppliers would follow it to Kansas, Toland says, creating as many as 4,000 additional new jobs. It would
0: really just be a massive economic spillover effect, um, not just in the community and region where this project is located, but statewide.
3: The mention of location highlights a problem with the pitch that Toland and Governor Laura Kelly are making to lawmakers. Because of nondisclosure agreements, they can't identify the company, talk about what it does, or even say where it's looking to build the plant. That doesn't sit well with some lawmakers, including Republican Senator Karen Tyson.
1: You know, we used to talk about the back room, shady, smoke-filled room, deals. And this appears to be along those lines.
3: Paul Hughes, the head of business development at the Commerce Department, says all companies pretty much insist on secrecy.
0: It would cause financial harm to the company if the word got out that they were planning this. It would cost them customers. It would cost them suppliers.
3: Even so, Hughes dropped a few hints about the mystery company. For one thing, he said it's a player in what would be a new industry for Kansas
0: we're talking about a transformative industry. We're not taking from industries that are currently out there. We're building a workforce that's not there currently.
3: Beyond the secrecy issues, some lawmakers have questions about the cost of the incentives, which would be a lot more generous than any the state has put on the table in the past. Questions that state officials can't answer because the bill doesn't have an official price tag. So Dave Trobert, the head of the Kansas Policy Institute, an organization that lobbies for reduced spending, shared his calculations.
0: Now that we know it's a $4 billion investment, 15% of $4 billion is $600 million.
3: That's just for the tax credit. Trobert says with all the other incentives, a 10% refund on payroll costs for the first decade, and sizable property and sales tax breaks, the cost could add up to nearly a billion dollars. Tolan says the enhanced incentives are what's needed to put Kansas in the game, not just for this project but others. Since 2017, the state is 0 for 11 in closing billion-dollar deals. The incentives are competitive, he says, but they aren't giveaways. The incentives here are earned incentives.
0: So the company gets the investment tax credit after they invest. The company gets the payroll rebate after they've hired and paid people.
3: Can you guarantee that if this project comes to fruition and this manufacturing company locates here, that Kansas will get more than it gives?
0: I can, $4 billion is going to be invested by this company. There's a $2.5 billion annual economic impact that that will have on the Kansas economy.
3: Mark Williams helps negotiate deals for companies all over the world. He says lots of things factor into location decisions, but they often hinge on incentives. Their importance, Williams says, goes beyond dollars and cents. It's a psychological
0: factor. It it shows some kind of buy-in. Many companies feel that they're taking risk to make big investments and they like it when they're welcomed. They like it when they feel a state is embracing them and somehow taking some risk with them.
3: The bill, which is being fast tracked because the company is closing in on a decision, passed the Senate with both Republican and Democratic votes, but only after it was amended to include a reduction in the state's overall corporate tax rate. The measure is now in the House where it could hit a snag. Tolan says language that allows only money making companies to claim the tax credit needs to be changed to make it available to all businesses willing to make at least a $1 billion investment in the state. If the change isn't made, he says, it could be a deal killer. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Jim McLean in Topeka.
1: The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiya Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Jim's story on economic incentives and Luke's story on the unified government, visit KCUR.org, where you can also find more news coverage from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app or leave us a voicemail at 816-235-8930 with your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.